0: Internet peeps and welcome to another edition of Big Trouble and Little Podcast, episode 111. I'm Joe Dubs.
1: I'm Andy. I'm Zach.
0: And here we are with uh, more Bond and we're having double bonds tonight. We have a double feature since, uh, you know, life got in the way like usual. And we had to do a little scheduling around and we did it. And now we are doing On Her Majesty's Secret Service and diamonds are forever two different actors playing wait same bond two different actors there you go uh we're gonna get into that before we do what the hell you guys been playing watching or doing and i'm gonna start off with
2: zach Ah, uh, uh mostly the same stuff still reading swamp thing uh i haven't watched any other movies or anything yet um uh i did beat command conquer and then i started playing red alert command conquer um and that's kind of it short sweet okay
0: cool uh no wrestling because wrestling's still dumb to you right now
2: yeah i still don't want to watch it
0: gotcha uh
1: andy what about you i didn't have a lot of time the last week but i did get in the mail something i pre-ordered a long time ago it's uh every volume of the akira manga and hardback so i kind of oh. started reading that a little bit and um i started playing snatcher and that's kind of it and I watch these two movies yeah great. i love that game
0: i watched you stream it and uh, it looked good the audio is good um i need to work on the overlay for you
1: i kind of like i like simple i mean if you give me something cool i'll use it 100 percent. but i used to try to like have a bunch of graphics and all kinds of stuff and eventually i was like yeah picture of the game and text that say things i'm done
0: oh i know i would do the same thing for you but like i don't know my graphic design mean you are just like i need some like cool text or something color not colorful but like something simple for you
1: only if you Ooh, want yeah. to comic sans
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> impact
0: he's in the impact zone brother uh, oh. <laughs> Uh, me, I, you know, watched these two Bond movies, uh, was messing around with my TV. I don't know if it's my TV having problems or my consoles having problems. So here is the problem. The textures are rendering, uh, slower than usual. And when I mean slower than usual, because usually the textures are nice within either like two to three seconds. Now it takes about like 10 to 15 to possibly 30 seconds. And is
1: it an Xbox or a PlayStation?
0: Both. <laughs> and no. that's and that's the thing. That I was like first it was my Xbox. And I was like, all right, why is this Xbox One X is the powerful system out of the pro. Why is it doing this? So then I went to my PS4 and it's doing the same thing. And I'm just like, Is it the T V? And my brother's like, that doesn't make any sense. The textures wouldn't, you know, load slow on your TV, it would be coming from your consoles. And he's like, Maybe it's your internet or something. I'm like, I don't know. But uh, it made me think, and I was like, oh, man, am I going to have to buy a new TV? And (laughs) while I was looking at my TV, there is one dead pixel in there, a little tiny one in the top left-hand corner. Uh, It's not too bad, but maybe it is going. I don't know. Fuck you, Vizio. Piece of shit TV. Um, Here's
1: here's some advice for you and kind of like a, a public announcement for everyone else. I don't know about the Xbox, but the PlayStation 4... You can defrag the hard drive, and it's a very good idea to do so. That might help, at least. Uh, Google it. It involves like starting in safe mode, and then it, um, I think they call it rebuilding database, but it's basically a hard, a hard drive defrag, just like you do on your desktop. Mm-hmm. Um, set aside some time, because it is kind of time-consuming, but do that on your PlayStation every year or two. It, it helps a lot.
0: I wonder, it, because it happened when I put on Warzone on my consoles. So I wonder if, because, you know, it takes up pretty much majority of your fucking hard, uh, hard drive space.
1: I, I was like, I'm going to download it on PlayStation 4, and I saw the download size. So I was like, ah, never mind, I'll play it on PC. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, so I was like, maybe that's it. I don't know. I, I, I always find comfortable with a controller than keyboard and mouse. Um, what else did I do? Um, nothing really gaming-wise. I watched a little bit of wrestling. Uh, yeah, still a little shaky. I don't know why they're building up Orange Cassidy. I feel like he's going to be getting a title soon, and it's annoying me.
2: Did you hear about the big ratings drop that they took when they started that, um, angle?
0: Yeah, and now, like, Jericho's doing, like, he's... He's he's being a sore loser by saying we don't want everybody. We just want the eighteen year olds and through to forty nine year olds. That's the demo. Now that he's called the demo god, which is funny. But yeah,
2: I mean, I don't really know that much about all the ratings and all that stuff. But like they're trying to them and Tony Connor trying to say it's all about the demos. Back in the day, everybody just focused on the number, but it's really about the demographics. I'm like. Hmm. But this, that sounds like something that you say when you're not like beating somebody and, and just raw numbers. Well, the,
0: <laughs> the thing with, you know, the WWE is like, if you're just looking at demo now, um, then isn't the main roster WWE hitting their demo when it's just kids?
2: I don't know. Like they, they tried to say some shit like they're, um, like the, the audience that watches NXT is older. Um, and then, yeah, you're saying, like, the, the TV uh, audience is mostly, like, younger.
0: Yeah, who knows? Uh, but yeah. but I, I don't know. I don't want to go t- deep into it because we do have a, a show that no. we'll eventually get back to. <laughs> Someday. Someday. Uh, get in some color. Hopefully wrestling will come back around. Um, and what else did I do? I, I re- read more of the Resident Evil. I'm almost at the end. I'm a slow-ass reader. I do apologize.
2: <laughs> Are you on the second book?
0: Oh, yeah, I'm. I just actually I have one more chapter of the first book, and then I'm going to start the second book.
2: Oh, okay.
0: Yep. Um, and that's it, I believe. So I guess we'll get into on Her Majesty's Secret Service. So Andy, I'm going to let you take away with the intro of this movie.
1: I always take away the Bond movies.
0: Well, I, I mean, if you want. Me- <laughs> Maybe they like butcher everything. You, you know more than me about these Bond movies than I do. You saw
1: the movie, same movie I did. No, okay. Uh, on Her Majesty's Secret Service is, um, I'm trying to remember exactly how it starts it's um, Bond's life. driving and then this this woman
2: like passes him. Yeah, and then and decides very aggressively Or yeah, she's herself. yeah she's walking out into the ocean and just trying to drown herself. And then like a bunch of guys show up when he saves her. <laughs> yeah. And then he just gets in a fight with them.
1: He whips their asses.
2: Yeah, he F5s a dude through like some bullshit. It was awesome.
1: He also uh, kneels on a guy's neck, and I was kind of like, ooh, you can't do that. (laughs) (laughs) Listen,
0: he's he's licensed to kill, okay?
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, that's what that's for. We know that now. (laughs) But anyway, these guys try to kill him, and then uh, one of the coolest parts of the movie, though, is then him going to the casino and being like, who owns a red cougar outside Oh, some some chick and he like saves her you know because she like makes a bet loses and has no money yeah the it was
0: a little weird seeing the beginning because i'm just like uh i was like why is she going in the ocean and then obviously we know why later on but i gotta admit the the fighting scenes in these movies are way better than Sean Connery fighting scenes, I think. Yes!
1: Yeah, in this one. Especially compared... I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but especially compared to slow-ass old man fight scenes in Diamonds are Forever. Yes. The difference between them is so jarring. Because in this movie, they're really good. I heard the phrase today, and I can't remember what it is. Something of movement, conscious of movement. It's it's how the editor and the filmmakers like show one thing to the next and some of the old bond movies don't have it that well but they do but it is really solid in on her Majesty's secret service like every time there's a fight i understand every hit i know what's going on i know where the combatants are and it's really exciting and quick paced
0: and you feel the punches compared to you know the sean connery fights and all that stuff Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like with the Sean Connery fights, it's like kind of watching WWE when they take the camera and they move it while, you know, the hits are happening. This one, they do move it, but they do it from, like, different angles. Like, oh, he's going to do a roundhouse kick. Let's get it from the other angle. And it looks fucking nice. Uh, but that that beginning scene <laughs> where he, like, throws the-, the black dude under, the like, the boat, or was it the other guy? It was one of the guys, but he, like, throws him under the boat to, like, keep him down and then uh what was i guess what was her plan when she was moving the car you know up the hill was that just to give her time to get away
1: well yeah she took his car to drive back up to her car so not only did that get her to her car quicker but it made it so he couldn't pursue her Mm-hmm. So, you know double d- double win and then he, and he looks in the camera and
2: says, this never happened to the other the fellow guy. Yeah, I love that <laughs> I like,
1: line. They're that like, look, well, we're just going to acknowledge it right off the bat, okay?
2: <laughs> yeah, I kind of do
0: like that they, you know, nod to that. Be like, hey, it's not Sean Connery anymore. It's me. for, for Well, for one. <laughs> for one movie, but it's me. And... Um,
1: we'll get into that later. It's implied heavily that it's the same Bond. Like, it. it they, he didn't... Because there's been this kind of fan theory forever that James Bond is just a title that they're giving to different people, and that way all the Bond movies get to exist in the same universe. But there's a bunch of... St- like, he's Bond's got a vendetta against Blofeld specifically, and all this shit happened to Bond. So that's why it's like a personal thing. So it has to be the same Bond, which is kind of a shame it is interesting that they bake in a reason for uh blofeld's changes though is the plastic surgery of course that's in the next movie more so but they mention it in this one he's like you've got to do more than cutting your earlobes off to trick me blofeld you know something like that he says
2: yeah
0: um i i i I guess i kind of like the reason with blofeld being you know plastic surgery and stuff (laughs) but like having all different blofeld actors uh kind of pissed me off a little bit because I'm just like, why couldn't they just keep one dude? Is it contract wise or
1: well, what? I don't know when, but Donald Pleasance probably his career I mean he did start doing a little better. I don't know. I mean this guy's Kojak. They got Kojak now. I mean I, I hate I hate to say it. When I I used to prefer Donald Pleasance, but in hindsight now I think I like this guy better. Uh whatever's telly something.
0: Uh, and I I know we're gonna be talking about this soon, but my favorite Blowfeld is uh, Charles Gray. Kelly
2: uh, Kelly we'll, we'll Savalas, that. mm. that's his name.
1: But yeah, when I see him, I immediately see. I mean, he's Kojak, obviously, but he was also in both Kelly's Heroes and The Dirty Dozen. So I, I always think about all that stuff when I'm seeing him.
2: He feels more like a, a boss, like a guy that would be head of an organization. Like he feels like he has authority
1: and shit. Donald Pleasance did a good job of, like, sitting in a chair and stroking a cat and speaking intimidating, but he doesn't have an intimidating presence like no. this guy does.
2: Yeah, yeah, this guy does have that.
1: Like, when this guy points a gun at Bond, I feel more like Bond's in danger. When, when uh, uh, Donald Pleasance was around, it was more like Bond's only in danger because of other things happening to him. He's not threatened directly by Blofeld.
0: Yeah, if he gets a hold of him,
2: he's like, fucked. That's pretty much, like, what you thought.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Here's my thing with the Blofelds. Uh, Donald Pleasant, uh, like you said, he doesn't really, um, what do you call it? By the way, <laughs> DJ Fire, he does uh, DJing, by the way. Check him out. Uh, li- li- link your stuff in the chat, and, uh, you know, have, we'll have people follow you. But back to uh, Blofeld. Um. You now, Donald Pleasant, he was just more intimidating with his talk, uh, and when he he's getting chased by Bond, he's more of a uh, you know a creep, not a creep, but a a heel character. He just goes away; he doesn't do anything. Um, this uh, you know Charles Gray, at least he did something, but still he tried to like leave again, and the uh, the third guy on, on Her Majesty. Secret Service, he actually does work. Like, he joins in on the ski, ski chase scene and all that stuff. Like, he, yeah. and that's what I like about him, but I still like Charles Gray more, which I will talk about when we get to Diamonds Are Forever. Um, but I like that he does work where he's like, let's go get Bond all together. Um, What would you guys think about Tracy?
1: Yeah, that's what I want to talk about next, too. I mean, uh, the, the, woman that he's saving all the time is Tracy. And she turns out to be the daughter of like uh, a crime magnate. Like he's, a, he's a super powerful, I think he's Spanish, right? Mm-hmm. He's he, Italian. He, he, it's Spanish or Italian, whichever one it is. He has uh, a crime syndicate that spans Europe, but he has a bunch of like legitimate stuff too. And the guy comes to bond and he's like, look, I know you fucked my daughter. It's okay. I'm not angry. <laughs> Honestly, I kind of like it because that's what she needs. She needs someone to like rein her in and make her fall in love, and then offers Bond a million dollars to do it or a million pounds or whatever he says. I can't remember. I think it was a million pounds. Yeah. And Bond is like, that sounds ridiculous.
0: <laughs> uh, Lazenby's and B's uh, Bond, I, I, what I like about him compared to Connery, because Connery is, like, he, he takes the woman and, like, you know, shags her and all that stuff. But, like, Lads and B, he has to work for it. Like, in the beginning, like, oh, this doesn't happen to the other guy. Uh, and then he's, like, a different persona <laughs> when he's at uh, Blofeld's place where he kind of, like, has to be this feminine, I guess, what, what kind of uh, scientist is he or something like that? Genealogist?
2: Yeah, G- genealogist.
0: Yeah, yeah. like he, he says, I don't like women, but then he has to, like, he's like getting, you know, uh, door numbers and shit and like meet me in my room and then he has to like break out and be like, I'm Bond, you know, I have to have sex. And well, all
1: the-, the, the character he's playing is, I guess, supposed to be gay because they're like, oh, I didn't think you were interested in women. Oh, I'm usually not, but you're not the regular woman. You know, that's like the line he uses twice to good effect. Um, Cause he's, he's playing what's a guy, Hill and B right. He's like an effeminate weirdo and he's, he's on his books and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But that that's interesting too. Cause Bond spends like a third of the movie in character as this other guy, which I kind of thought showcased Lazenby being a good actor, even more so. Uh, Connery got to do that some, but not to this extent. Connery's a great actor too, obviously, but man, I would have liked to see Lazenby and no new more. Well, um, Hillary Bray, that was his name.
0: I don't want to. Yeah. Ju- I don't want to jump around, but uh, Zach, what do you have to say about this film so far?
2: <clears throat> um, I wasn't real sure how, how I was going to react to this one. I don't. I tried not to read ahead or anything about these movies when i go to watch them i go into each one of these like totally blind basically good um but like i was pretty surprised by it actually um because I was, I was a little i oh, go ahead
1: just real quick just in case anyone's listening or anything we always go into spoilers on these and usually it's, it's not a big deal this movie came out in 19 whatever 60 something
0: 69 69 so you
1: know it's a long time ago but this movie has a really interesting moment in it that has not been spoiled by like the cultural zeitgeist there isn't like rosebud i see dead people fucking luke i'm your father there's there's a moment that's really surprising like that in this but it hasn't been lampooned to death yeah so you can watch this movie and have some genuine surprise by something that happens in it
0: yeah so, so you...
1: just just fair warning if you have any interest in watching this movie, don't let us spoil it for you for by all means, go watch it.
0: yeah, and then come back and then listen to us uh talk about it,
2: yeah, um, but uh, yeah, I was like, I actually kind of liked uh lazenby he was he was different enough from Connery. I was a little worried like that oh, this guy's not Connery. I'm starting to get nervous because I like Connery.
1: That's what everyone else said,
2: yeah. And then, but like, and, um, I thought he did a good job though. And it's kind of funny. Cause after I watched the movie, I went and read about it afterwards and apparently like reception back then was like, a lot of people thought, Le- uh, Lazenby wasn't really a good actor yeah, and he, he was kind of lame and, um, Oh, what else? Uh, I guess, I guess people were mostly just bummed. It wasn't Connery.
1: Yeah. <laughs> the, the meta to this movie is incredibly interesting. Like not only is there that stuff, like the box office stuff, critical reception stuff, but the overall kind of mystery about why Lazenby didn't stick with the role. Like it was partially that, but it was also supposedly the story goes, his agent talked him out of doing it. Cause he said, Oh, it's, it's the summer of love. No one cares about hoity toity secret agents anymore. The kids want like action movies and, um, um, uh, uh, Jesus Christ, Easy Rider had come out, and like yeah. everyone was like, Oh, that's the future, Easy Rider's the future. We're not gonna make fucking Bond movies anymore.
2: Yeah, like he tried to sell them on this whole like counterculture shit, and um, pretty much so, like, Bond's a relic of the 60s, man. We're moving into the 70s, it's gonna be a more like a, a awakened era, man. Yeah. And uh, besides that, Lazenby had apparently at the time got a little too big for his britches. Yeah. <laughs> during the production he kind of felt like oh i'm a movie star now i'm an actor i'll do what i want (laughs) he basically was saying like uh i don't even look at scripts first as first i want to find out who the director is and uh all this other stuff then i'll look at the script and then i'll just do whatever i want to do
1: you know Uh, (laughs) much to
2: a lot of people's like chagrin and surprise
0: i gotta ask though um what was the reason for Sean Connery not doing his uh, next film? Is it because of his hate for the director?
1: No, he's just sick of doing it. Yeah. He just don't want to do it anymore. He's Uh, no fun.
2: From what I read, uh, like, I think he was more aggravated with like how it changed public's perception of him. Uh, I don't want to say he really felt like he was being typecast, but it just bothered him that that was all people knew him for. Um, And it, like, like people would – he'd be out in the street and be like, look, it's James Bond. That would apparently piss him off.
1: <laughs> <laughs> this this will remain a constant theme until present day with every actor who would go on to play James Bond. All of them are always like, I don't want to do this anymore. Oh, but it's so popular. I, I, I don't want to get type – I don't want to be the Bond guy forever. Here's a billion dollars. I guess I'll be Bond one more time.
0: I mean – what else do you see Pierce Bronson be, being besides James Bond instead of that?
1: I mean, yeah, he was Bond when I was a kid,
2: you know? Listen, he was Remington Steele before James Bond, okay? Yeah, I know.
0: <laughs> yeah, but he was that guy in that Volcano movie, right? Volcano <laughs> That's true. Volcano. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> yeah, so, that's all I remember is him from that and James Bond. That's but what, that's
1: exactly what he was afraid of. He's just James Bond. To everyone, and he was in, you know, he's in all kinds of other stuff. He's a he's a halfway pretty great actor, right? As far as I can remember, I mean, he's in Mars Attacks, and he's pretty good. At that.
0: Oh yeah, that film. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yes. Uh,
2: I I did a little reading ahead, like just about this stuff. Like I went to like the Bond wiki, and I went and read about like what every actor thought about being Bond, like the behind the scenes shit. Uh-huh. It doesn't really spoil anything about the movies. Um. And, yeah, that was basically Connery's stance. Lazenby is basically what I said, except later on in life he kind of was like, yeah, I was kind of full of myself. He, like, pretty much owns up to it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he, he's a, he's an interesting person in interviews and stuff, too.
2: Yeah, and then Moore, of course, was just, like, I guess the easiest one. He was just like, I'm doing this, and he did it till a lot of people thought he was getting a little too old for it. I mean, he was 56 at the last movie.
1: Yes. Uh, Roger Moore is the one person who has, like, slipped into the role and been, like, comfortable there it seemed honestly i know the least about roger moore outside of the movies and it's partially because he's my least favorite bond but maybe that's a conversation for way down the road
2: dalton seemed to want to approach it like kind of seriously and do like a real serious take and yes then he kind of that that lawsuit thing happened and he was just like ah, it took too long i'm done
1: mm-hmm. it was kind of a shame because he had more bond in him but he just didn't get to do it and then
2: brosnan wanted to do like six movies And then for whatever reason, they just
1: didn't want to use him anymore, it seemed like. They, I think there's a little bit more to that, because they started, I don't want to say like ruining the Bond franchise, but there was a lot of poor decisions made during the back end of the Brosnan era. Mm -hmm. That You know, independent of him, that I think really affected his chances at being in more movies. Oh, they
2: kind of like put the blame on his shoulders so to speak
1: sort of it was not just that but they were wanting to like in the last movie they wanted to make a spin-off and a bunch of other like stuff that doesn't really seem to go with the bond um stuff and plus they were always doing the scripts that uh had nothing to do with what ian fleming had written so yeah. there was more for them to mess up and sometimes uh they used that to good effect and sometimes they did not at all <laughs> but, again, this is – this is now we are off in the weeds. Like, yeah, we're, we're, we're getting way out. ahead. Honor, Majesty, Secret Service. On Majesty, Secret Service, just to bring everything back, is like um, us Bond hipsters. I'm talking about myself here. We like to say this is our favorite movie. And I did for a long time. And then I started thinking about it. I was like, no, uh, uh, For Much With Love, Goldfinger, Skyfall, uh, Casino Royale, maybe oh, I don't really like Goldf- But, honestly, watching it again now – it's even better than I remember it being. Like, I really like this movie. The action's great. The story's interesting. I love the character stuff. Like, there's there's a Bond girl who has character development in this movie, sort of. And, and the ending is just, oh, my God. fucking. Oh you got to sit there and think about the ending. Like, when it ends, I, I, you just let the credits roll, and then kind of just sit there for a while and go, really? Really? A Bond movie has this kind of effect on me? <laughs> yeah. This is a James Bond movie, and I have to sit here and think about this ending
0: well my (laughs) also
1: a real quick one more aside again i've read uh some of the bond books not many only five uh this is uh, like people will argue about what the best bond movie is A, a lot of people have their own favorite bond or their own favorite bond movie um almost everyone agrees this is the best book if there was one bond book to read it's on her majesty's secret service hmm
0: and I have to say that this movie gets grounded again. Uh what I mean by that, uh the Sean Connery films that we're watching in the later uh end of his career, they get a little wacky. Uh and then this one, even though there were some little wacky scenes in here and there, but they were more of comedic fun, uh, compared to like, I don't know, <laughs> which we'll watch in a few minutes, like a space fucking vehicle chase yeah, scene. No.
1: I've got a lot to say about that.
0: Yeah. And, like, this one is, like, oh, we're in Switzerland. Uh, We're in a mountain and shit. Uh, The only thing I have to say that was, like, uh, and this is just because it's in the 60s and how they did, like, special effects, but, like, when the avalanche happens, um, (laughs) I just cracked up the whole time. It was good. Uh, Just where they ended up is, like, you think it's a whole mountain, but, like, blow is like hey go get the girl and they just ski down like a couple of feet and grab her
1: i think there's a bit of a time jump there maybe
0: yeah i don't know maybe it's like a bad cut um but god damn it dude and you heard me in the uh we you call it the facebook chat where i was like tell i hope fucking nothing happens to tracy
1: i started laughing as soon as he wrote that i I wondered if maybe you hadn't like absorbed a spoiler but you didn't remember the spoiler or something because it's i I don't know but we might as well go ahead and talk about the ending because i a bunch of uh uh, Blofeld's big scheme is he has manchurian candidated a bunch of hot women to (laughs) to go like use this virus and it's gonna like Fuck up the chicken supply, fuck up the corn supply, fuck up the rice supply, like, all over the world. And he's going to make the United Nations pay him a jillion dollars to get the antidote. And Bond's trying to foil him, and he tries to get away, and then the avalanche happens. And some other stuff happens. But let's we'll talk about the ending, and then we can double back a little bit. Uh,
0: Bond falls in love, and as James Bond, you never fall in love because you have to, you know, you're a fucking spy, you don't have time to deal with women you only have time to deal with women on a one night stand uh but he fell it, it, that's why it threw me for a loop when they were in the, the hay barn and all that stuff and he's just like you know I'm thinking about you I love you and I'm like what the fuck is happening
1: well she's such like you know not not to be like a, a woman about this but uh she's such a good like match for him like he's like trying to get away and then she's just like there coincidentally and later it's revealed like oh my father told me where you were and I came here to like be near you and maybe see you or whatever but uh look she's driving the car in the getaway and like she's she's the whole time they're on that racetrack she's smiling which is hilarious because normally it's Bond who's driving and the woman's like oh my god oh I'm so fragile I'm a woman but she's not she's like
0: she's strong
1: she's a badass bitch yeah Robin's racing rich
0: (laughs) Um, I fucking
1: love that part.
0: Dude, probably one of the best uh chase scenes that we've seen so far out of the all the Bond movies, I think. You know, with them going through like the fucking snow and then going into the, the, the race track.
1: Yeah, and it that whole part is tense too yeah. because they've set up the fact that they've they've captured Bond. Like they've they've they, they they captured him. He's, he's lost to Blofeld in a way. And this is like Blofeld's home turf. And like the snow just makes it even scarier because it just doesn't seem like that car should be able to handle in that snow, obviously. But that's okay. Fine, whatever.
0: <laughs> yeah, and then like <laughs> the poor fucking Mini Cooper uh, race car drivers are just like, what the fuck is happening? Am I winning? And then all of a sudden getting smashed by these cars. Uh and by the way, uh I do love when the their car flips and like gets engulfed in flames but then it cuts again and then they like escape.
1: But then it explodes oh and that, that one guy still gets torched. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. like- <laughs> oh man. Uh but to to go back to the ending again, uh where he falls in love with Tracy and and
1: he actually does fall in love because at the end, the father's like, OK, here's the money. And he's like, no, nah, I don't need this for real, though. I, I actually do. I do want to do this. So he gives back the envelope.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's when I knew, like when he gave the envelope and then when they had to pull off to the side of the road because some kids, you know, talk trash about their flowers on their fucking car. Um, And I'm just like, oh, no, this is this is where it happens. And then I just see that slow car drive and I'm like, fuck, it's going to happen. And then you just see the gunshots and I, 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 I'm not going to lie, dude. My neighbors probably heard me. I screamed so fucking loud. No, get the fuck out. (laughs) (laughs) And I was, I was genuinely surprised. Like I didn't read anything, anything about this movie. I was just like, holy fuck, dude. Sad. And just how it ended. And when, when the cop came and he was just like, you know the cop didn't even say anything, but he's like, Oh, "Everything's fine, everything's fine." I he all- just needed
1: someone for him to deliver lines to. But and then it's like, it's so unlike a Bond movie because the stuff he says is like so sad. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Oh man, I I gotta say, yeah, it swerved me for real because the point where I thought, "Oh, she's she's gonna get like got," was like during that whole siege of like the the compound, like right before the ending because mm-hmm. she's oh, yeah, like she's, oh, she's gonna
1: get shot right like yeah. there's a
2: bunch of fucking crossfire and there's crazy shit going on everywhere <laughs> it's like oh, she's yeah, gonna get like, shot
1: by accident another thing about why she's such a good match for bond she fights a henchman and wins in yeah that scene.
2: she's gonna like get him with a fucking bottle and shit yeah <laughs> there oh it is that whole
0: you know crusader scene where they came with the fucking helicopters fucking awesome by the way uh, you know, after seeing Sean Connery's, uh, helicopter chase scene with his little fucking helicopter thing, and then seeing this, I, I, i prefer this more than that.
1: Way better. Wait, they, they try they try to redo it in the next movie too, because it was so badass.
0: Hmm. But, uh, oh my God. Um, I just, I love this movie. Uh are we even ranking this with the, the Sean Connery one or are we just you know making this an honorable mention
1: I mean it, it kind of it's kind of like un- it goes against what we wanted to do like I had to talk you guys into even watching this movie because mm. it doesn't have any it there's no Connery in it so I mean it's just it kind of stands on its own if one day down the road we rank all the Bond movies which would be incredibly hard we will we can I want to in. I want to too but we can bring it back in, but I we probably shouldn't rank it with the Connery stuff. I, no. I get it. he's just Lazenby is is better at stunts than Connery, but Connery still has a couple edges on him. There, Connery has like still has a little bit more charm in a way. Uh I, I I'd don't say know a lot to, more. <laughs> yeah. So Lazenby doesn't have it all, but he's man, he's such a good bond. I I, I would have and um there's a, like, a lot of people overlook this movie because they're like, oh, Elizabeth, he's the bad Bond. But I don't know where that reputation came from, but people have been saying it for years and years and years. I remember they would do the, um uh, for holidays, Spike used to show Bond movies all day long for, like, Thanksgiving and stuff. They would skip this movie. They wouldn't even air it because people thought it was bad. Like, give it a shot. Watch it. This is, like, one of the best ones.
2: Mm-hmm. It's also official. Fucking never say never again is not even in my damn box set. Right.
1: Yeah, never say never again. It's not. It's it's its own fucking outside the, the Bond timeline thing. Yeah. So uh, go watch this movie, please.
0: Yeah. Uh, one one more thing I want to bring up uh, the um, the bobsled chase scene was good too. Um, yeah. <laughs> the the one thing I'll say about Lazenby is his jokes don't land really well because he kind of says it pretty low, especially, like, the part where you're like, I guess he's branching off. And, like, yeah. I'm just like, <laughs> it doesn't land as well as, like, Sean Connery says it because Sean Connery, I believe, has a little more charm than Lazenby does. what. Uh, le- and I do love that there was conflict between James Bond and M because M was like, "You're off this case," and he's like, "Am I not good enough? Uh, wh- why are you taking me off?" And he's like, "Fuck you, I'm gonna quit," <laughs> and he starts to quit. And then obviously, uh, Money Penny, uh, you know,
1: blows it over.
0: Yeah, uh, does it like a two week leave kind of thing.
1: There, there is a there's there's a one liner in this movie that gets buried just like that one. There's another one that gets buried. It's easy to miss, but when they're skiing and the one guy falls and gets into the snowblower, Bond goes, "Ah, he had a lot of guts." <laughs> I fucking laughed at that one. I, like, yeah. <laughs> I did too. I laughed out loud. Oh my
2: god, <laughs> so forbid. <minutes. laughs> and then there's just like red fucking snow shit coming out of that. <laughs> I was a bit surprised at that one. That was that's kind of gory. Yeah, it kind of is.
0: <laughs> oh, and who's the blonde hair guy? Was he just like Bond's like? buddy like agent or something uh, i guess he was
2: just shadowing him like kind of off giving him assistance uh, yeah
1: he was he worked for uh, uh drex or whatever the guy's name is oh, okay. oh did he i thought he was part of mi6 no remember when uh when bond breaks into um breaks into that office and he needs to crack that safe he sends that's the guy who sends the equipment up in the crane. And if you look, the crane and all the construction equipment have um Draco that's it has Draco's uh name and logo on them.
2: Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I forgot about that.
1: So that's that's them telling you, hey, this is this is one of Draco's crime dudes.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: yeah, I, I I guess we're all gonna say this, uh, but we all recommend on Her Majesty's Secret Service, right?
1: Oh. Way, I mean, way recommended. This one's great. This is the most criminally underlooked Bond movie. It's one of the most criminally underlooked movies. I've championed this movie for years. Please watch it. I'll say I I like this one the
2: best out of all of them I've seen so far.
0: Yeah, and I kind of wish, I mean, obviously we're ranking Sean Connery, but if we were ranking this, this would probably be my number one pick out of everything so far.
1: Wow, listen to you guys. You're turning into Bond hipsters.
0: (laughs) I guess we ha- are going to go into Diamonds Are Forever.
2: Uh...
1: <laughs> well, now, okay, slow down a little bit. Sigh still. I mean, I stand by my sigh. But going into this movie, I, like, wasn't as excited. Because I, I I, was like, a man, uh, on her, on her man secret service is going to blow this movie out of the water. And talking about him back to back is going to kind of be unfair. And I, it still kind of is. But... Uh, this movie surprised me it was better than i remembered it's it's no on her majesty's secret service and it has a lot of parts i don't like yeah um yeah this movie's pretty fun i guess it's okay it's not bad
2: it's it's yeah it's it's decent there's it, just things about it that drag it down particularly like how a third of the movie just has shit all to do with like what feels like james bond shit in uh-huh. my opinion It's like this weird pseudo diamond high shit. And you don't even know like why the fuck he's really doing why he needs to be involved in this for a while.
1: Yeah, they they do a bad job of um, uh, M's like, look, Blofeld's fucking dead. You kill him in the intro. So now we're going to get some real work out of you I think is what he says. <laughs> and basically like some asshole from De Beers or whatever comes to the government and says, "Oh, we're scared they're going to drop all these diamonds on the market and inflate price or deflate prices or something something." Like it's bullshit. Like it's stuff that I don't care about and that makes it really hard to get invested in this in what bonds doing. Yeah. Cause I don't give a damn if diamonds are devalued. Who cares? They should. They should. They should be. (laughs) Fuck diamonds. And it's
2: like, what does this have to do with like matters of national security or fucking? Bond
1: kind of questions himself too. You know,
2: world peace or like, you know, there's this guy's an evil asshole. Stop him.
1: Yeah, (laughs) I mean, coincidentally, it does end up being good that Bond's involved. And yeah. there are parts of it that are interesting. I like seeing um, the different, like, oh, it's the dentist in South Africa to this, uh, the woman who goes to Holland, who goes to um, uh, Tiffany, to who goes to L.A., who goes to, yeah, to the, um, I, I do like the whole stuff, like they actually burn it in the, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Oh, they burn it up and put it in the, uh, that's clever, that's clever, that's neat. But, um, yeah, you're right. Like, that whole part, it's kind of like, is Bond going to do some Bond stuff? or? Yeah. <laughs> I do like the fight on the elevator, though. It's pretty cool. That's one that was, of the yeah. fight scenes in this movie that work.
0: Yeah, and, um, you know, the, that's, the first half of the movie, I kind of felt like uh, it had a little bit of Dr. No in it, probably because it's based off of the casino stuff and, and how he was – what was his, uh, his name in it? Frank's or something like that? He, he was going off of a different persona until you know he got made.
2: He, oh, right. He kind Peter of Frank. assumed the identity of Peter Franks, a guy who was like a
1: pro assassin slash jewel thief or something. Mm-hmm. He didn't have fun with it though. He did. He just was Bond, and people yeah. thought he was Franks. That was a that was a bit disappointing. I did like the bit though, where like after he fights him and he he kills him in the elevator,
2: uh, he and then Tiffany's like, "Oh my god, what the hell!" Like, and then. He, like, slips his ID into his pocket. Yeah. And then he's like, who is it? It's like, you just killed James Bond. And he's like, <laughs> oh, that's who that is. <laughs> yeah, that, that's pretty
1: fun. That's silly.
0: <laughs> yeah, and, it, you know, you come from that, and then you go into, like, crazy shit. Uh, <laughs> dealing with, like, the casino head guy, and then, like, the secret, uh, like, they had like, space vehicles and all that stuff, and Radioactive and I, I just got lost in the whole, like, Mr. Kid and Mr. Wint thing. Kind of, like, I got lost in it. It was kind of like watching Spider-Man, The Amazing Spider-Man uh, 3, uh, the, or 2, I should say. Uh, when uh, <laughs> you have all these villains in one movie and you're just like, Alright, who the fuck is the bad guy? Who am I supposed to care about?
1: This is the last shipment of diamonds that they need to complete their stupid satellite. Which we don't know. So, um mr went mr kid are tying up all the loose ends for blofeld which we don't know so the first act is supposed to be like oh a big mystery what's going on but they you're right though like it, it's easy to get lost and looking back i kind of get it but i, I got to enjoy the first act when it's happening mm-hmm. i can't yeah. be enjoying it on the drive home from the theater when i oh i really i get it now oh but uh, as long as we're talking about, it, can we talk about? Uh, you guys might hate them, but uh, I don't. Mr. Went, Mr. Kid, hilarious characters. I love them. Yes. I'll ever see with them. It's like oh, it's so thrilling. And all their dialogue is great. All their like mannerisms are great. Oh, I love both of them.
2: I've got kind of a love hate relationship with them. Oh sometimes, yeah. Sometimes sometimes they're funny to me, and then it's like sometimes I'm just like these guys just don't feel like they fit into this movie for
1: some reason it's partially on purpose. And a lot of people would consider it like kind of problematic because it's like, Oh, they're super bad guys, but they're also gay. But yeah. I, I mean, I, I like to think that this, this goes along with, uh, I've, I've been arguing for a long time that all, uh, all, all movies want to do is either make uh, Disney's bad about this, make like a side character. known cares about gay. Oh, look, we're, we're being inclusive or, um, gay is, the only character trait the character has is that they're just gay, gay, gay. That's all they do. Um, Kid and Went have that a little bit, but it's more like they're killers and also they're gay. Like, it it's like that's that's the that's the side thing. They're gay, gay people who have coincidentally become extremely good at being hitmen. I guess it still sounds really shitty when I say it like that, but I don't know. I, I thought it was more interesting than just there being a character and that's their entire character is the I,
2: ironically they don't really beat you over the head with it as much as like what everybody
1: does now it's the, the first scene they're in they hold hands and that's kind of it i
2: thought they were just crazy at first it wasn't <laughs> until the, the scene on the plane where he's like you know she's actually pretty attractive for a woman, a woman.
1: yeah and that's like, right oh, really. there <laughs> it
2: is i was like see at first i thought they, they were just fucking nuts
1: and the other guy <laughs> looks at him like what do you just fucking say <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Also, uh, weird, who cares? But I remember being a kid. There are villains in um, uh, Kids Next Door based on them. Isn't that weird? And I just don't remember. Oh, I don't remember that. No, yeah. And the the Cartoon Network kids show, Kids Next Door, where they're like children spies or whatever. There's, there's two villains, and they talk to each other just like Mr. Kid and Mr. Went. <laughs>
0: I want to get this out of the way because I think we're going to have a lot of th- to talk about. Uh, but a really, really fucking long, uh, and they could have cut out <laughs> probably half of, like, a chase scene. And it, it kind of gives a break in between, but it goes into, like, this, you know, space mobile chase scene, which, by the way, on how they were cutting... Every, every last one of them were bad drivers, by the way, and how they c- cut to, like, them just, like, flipping their car or flipping their motorcycle, which, by the way, dumb fucking motorcycles... Little, you know, like big... We're talking
1: about in the desert, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, because there's there's a chase scene in Vegas that's actually okay with the cops. Yeah. But yeah. Let's talk about the desert one. Um, it's awful and I hate it. There, we're done. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, no, no, no. It, it it branches off of that because you know after Bond like gets off some motorcycle, which by the way I love how he just like tosses that thing and then you know gets into uh, Tiffany's car. Um, then it's like they go to vegas and then they i think it's at the gas station when they go into the van or is that a little bit before because i know right after the space scene uh that's when blowfeld and them or pretty much send the sheriffs after them
2: no when when uh, uh connery gets in the van he sneaks in the van at the gas station that's what leads into the whole moon buggy thing and that's all how that. he gets in there
0: okay yeah. But like
1: it's fun when he's walking around. I like the uh hey, I'm from Section G. I'm here to check your radiation shield. He's get out of here, and he leaves. And then the actual guy comes in, hey, I'm from Section G. I'm here to check your security shields. And they're like, What? That's 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 the kind of humor I do like in a Bond movie. That works. But he steals a moon buggy and drives around the Nevada desert. I fucking hate that scene. God damn it, that's probably my least favorite scene from any Sean Connery bond movie I, i'm so, so
2: stupid i'm so confused about like what it was they were doing like too, like he Filming just got, the he moon got, landing i have no yeah idea. were they faking the moon landing there and that's what that
1: was like I, yeah maybe that it's supposed to be a reference to that urban because this is 1971 we had landed on the moon just two years ago mm-hmm. yeah so i maybe i i don't know like but, it's a joke like oh this is where they filmed the moon landing which if so it seems really out of place in a bond movie Well, that
0: did they have conspiracies two years after
1: that we didn't land on the moon?
0: Probably. I mean, there's there's been
1: there's been conspiracies since. uh, What's the saying? The first conspiracy was hatched when there was a third caveman. They hatched a a conspiracy against you know whatever. What's that from? From.
0: (laughs) I don't know, Um, but like the Vegas car scene, like I actually enjoyed, and then it got goofy when they went into the parking lot, which (laughs) again.
1: (laughs) Okay, in it's defense. I want to defend that scene. It is a little goofy because of the way it's framed and the way it's shot, but it is practical. Yes. Uh not only is it practically shot, but everything that happens in that scene is believable. Like that could actually happen.
0: Yeah, and that's why I said like the the moon buggy chase scene chasing like every time they cut to the bad guys, they flip their car
2: on purpose. <laughs> And actually started laughing when that was going on because it was like, yeah, they just, he shittily like rolls his fucking car and and the fenders fly off and everything.
1: (laughs) I'm just like, what the hell? They're crashing on purpose. (laughs) This whole movie has a problem with all of the action being like slow. Like a lot of the fight scenes are like, ah, I'm punching you. Oh, I'm an old man now. Oh, Sean Connery's too old to do this shit. And a lot of the car chase scenes are like, they, they knew that speeding it up looked bad, because we, we talked about that in an older episode, where they speed up the footage so it looks like the cars are going faster than they were. By mm. yeah. this point, movie-going audiences were like, man, that looks terrible. Stop doing that. So they just did all the stunts slower, and it looks bad, too. Not as bad, but it is kind of like they just like flipped that car. Like It doesn't look exciting. It just looks stupid. It makes the cops look... <laughs>
2: Yeah, it, hey, I will say in Connery's defense real fast. He wasn't that old at this point. He just looks it. Yeah, he, he was does. like he was like forty or something when they were filming this.
1: It's something about his hair. They like let his hair have some gray in it.
2: Well, it's like I mean his face too. Like I I, I noticed this. Like obviously, as I've been watching these movies, I'm like, he damn, he like aged kind of fast there in his mid thir- late thirties. <laughs> maybe being Bond is like being the president it makes you age super fast it, i guess I, I don't i don't pierce Brosnan didn't age that quick he only did four movies though. that's a good point that's a good point but yeah it, and then i was because i was i was when i was looking up all the other guys i was like roger morgan went into bond pretty late he was already in his 40s when he started
1: so yeah
0: um but I, I guess we could start talking about blofeld um wouldn't did- let's
1: mention i just want to mention something interesting about sure. this movie uh, at the end of the police chase he, he puts the he puts the uh, the car by the way gorgeous car uh the mustang mach 1 i fucking love that car. oh yeah Great. every time that car is in i'm like oh man i don't want that car but it, <laughs> he puts it up on two wheels so he could drive through that that narrow thing oh yeah and when they were shooting the stunts in vegas they shot that, and then they shot it coming out of the tunnel, but the guy who was shooting the other side of it was, like, the the second unit director. So they did it the wrong way. The car goes in one way but comes out the other way. <laughs> so later they had to shoot that dumb shot of of uh, Tiffany and Bob did the car where it, like, shows her, and then, like, it tilts and you see him. It doesn't make any sense if you think about it for even half a second. You're like, wait, what happened? <laughs> It's just it's just something interesting about the movie because they spent all this money and time shooting these scenes and then they left their own location shooting in Vegas and the editor was like, oh, uh, what? You guys fucked up. So they <laughs> had an insert. It's, it's funny. It's, and it's something interesting about the movie.
0: Well, I do like that part as well because the cop is like, oh, you did that? Let me try it. And then he fucking...
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: and then he gets fucking owned. Uh, quick mention, Jimmy Dean's in this movie. <laughs> So, that got me hungry for some breakfast sandwiches. Uh, Because, by the way, with Jimmy Dean, like, when he... Was he, like, imprisoned in his little fucking house thing or whatever? Because he had, like, these two chicks guarding him?
1: Yeah, they, they're, like, Bluefield's lady henchmen, I guess.
0: Okay. Yeah. Because I was waiting the whole time because he's like, I, you know, I'm, I'm just saying his actor, I'm Jimmy Dean, and, you know... What do you mean, what happened to my saddle? What did it look like? And I, I thought he was playing dumb the whole fucking time. And I'm like, oh. He's, he... he's eccentric. Yeah.
1: Oh, you guys what get it, it, right? He's Howard Hughes is, is yeah. the character. The character is just Howard Hughes. Uh, They just took the the mythos of Howard Hughes and just plopped it into a Bond movie. Because that's what Howard Hughes did. He lived in a penthouse above a hotel in Vegas and became like a recluse and a weirdo.
2: Ah. There's that part, I'm skipping ahead a little bit, there's that part where, yeah, Bond finds his house and then fights the women, and then uh, that guy Saxby or whatever that I guess worked for him, he starts trying to shoot him, and they get in a firefight real quick, and he, he gets dies. fucking shot, and he dies, and then- tell him Tell fired, and then Bond just looks at him like, he's dead. <laughs>
1: I like that part. That's funny. Yeah, that made me laugh out loud. The part where he fights Bambi and Thumper, that's stupid. I don't like that fight scene at all. Bambi and Thumper, get out of here. Yeah, no, it's (laughs) dumb and it's not. I just didn't think it was an interesting fight scene. Like, I think it's boring. It was revenge for all of Sean Connery's toxic masculinity. I guess, but then he's still. But then at the end, he's like holding them both underwater by himself, and it's like, "Well, they were whipping his ass a second ago. What happened?"
2: When, when women get in water, it just—it's it, like their weakness, you know. That's it why women don't like getting wet in pools. That's true. That's they don't.
1: They're like cats. But and also, it also shows he's stupid because he's like, "Give me five minutes to get up there, and then five minutes to find uh, Howard Hughes, whatever the character's actual name is." And if he had just let them come in with him, it would have been fine because they would have been like, I'm Bambi, I'm Thumper, and they would have tried to beat him up, and the CIA guys would have been like, bang, and they'd have been dead! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that was ten minutes we didn't have to
2: waste. Yeah. (laughs)
0: There there was a lot of, like, things they could have cut out of this movie, and I would have been hella fine with. Uh, You know, that scene and the moon uh, vehicle chasing, and we, (laughs) we would have probably had, like, an hour and, like, 45 minutes at least.
2: I think if they cut down some of that stuff in the beginning and maybe edit it a little better to where, like, it would be more clear, like, what the hell is happening in the beginning.
1: The plastic surgery stuff?
2: Yeah. And, like, if, if they cut 15 minutes out and did that, this would probably be a little bit better of a movie. Yeah. Even, if, even with the silly stuff in it.
1: This movie is, like I said, it's better than I remember. But, yeah, it's got a lot of, like, this is, like, I talked about this, it might have been the last episode, maybe two episodes ago. But we're gonna start seeing progressively more and more silliness. Like this is this this movie is an absolutely great um, bookend to go right into the Roger Moore years because that's that's we're seeing we're gonna see more of that we're gonna see more silly for better or worse. Um, I was, Majesty Secret Service was the last gasp of like real spy shit.
0: Yes. What are you gonna I say? That.
2: I was gonna. That's why I was gonna ask next. Was uh, are we going to do Roger Moore later? Yeah, at some point.
0: Yeah. Um. Whenever the new Bond movie comes out, I I think uh we should try to at least you know get most of the Bonds done uh before we get to you know the new one. Kind of like Cause, lead into it.
2: Cause I was gonna say I'm kind of rare to go like watch the rest of these now. Like I'm all into it. So good. <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean, I don't want to discourage you by saying they're silly. There's still, they're still a lot of fun movies. The next one, Live and Let Die, oh, my God. Oh, it's great. <laughs> like Honestly, I'm just like – I don't
2: really know what to think Like going into the, the Roger Moore ones because it's like on one hand I like kind of silly, schlocky kind of stuff. Hmm. But like on the other hand, I do like this stuff where – when it's a little bit more serious too. So I don't, I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, so.
1: it, it – it yes, both both (laughs) both itches will be scratched at different times i'm going
2: i'm going in with an open mind i don't have anything against roger moore i just know he's allegedly the silly guy
1: yeah i mean he's my least favorite but there's still a lot of extremely good movies coming up live and let die is great moonraker is a ton of fun man with a golden gun is so cool and christopher lee's in it so yeah, i was excited to see christopher lee i'm looking forward to that so yeah i mean there's still a ton to look forward to um This this movie is a really good like intro to like where they're going, but it's not all bad. It's definitely not all bad. Oh, I gotta say, I love the ending. (laughs) When like a kid
2: and uh, uh, what was the other guy's name? I forget. Went. Went. Yeah, Went and Kit. Yeah, where they like try to blow them up and kill them like on the boat.
1: (laughs) He sets one guy on fire and then ties a bomb to the other one. Wow. And like, yeah,
2: he very comedically, like you know, ties him up, and he's like, oh, and he fucking throws him off the boat, and he explodes really bad. It's great, That's silly. That doesn't, it it made it, me laugh.
0: I did laugh. Doesn't doesn't he like Sean Connery says, caught him, with, you know, with his tail between his legs, or something like that. Yeah,
1: ran out of here with his tail between his legs, something like that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um. Let's talk about Blowfeld real quick. What, what did you guys think of Charles Gray as Blowfeld? I was confused. <laughs>
2: like I was just like. Why they they recast him again so quickly? Like,
0: I feel like he's better than Pleasant in my opinion. I, I like uh, I liked yeah. how how he was more evil and conniving compared to Pleasant. Pleasant again, I felt the Doctor Evil uh, stuff based off of Austin Powers, and For I know sure. and I know that movie came out first before Austin Powers, but. It still looks silly to me, but like Charles Gray with the hair and everything and how he was doing the plastic surgery and how he was like witty and like had that villain-esque where he was going get to get away in his little, uh, I guess, powerboat or whatever. That submarine thing that he was going to do
2: yeah. at the end.
1: His bathysphere. <laughs> sphere.
2: That was fucking funny when he was messing with him on the, the crane. He's like, down! Down, damn you what are you doing you
1: idiot (laughs) i uh i roll my eyes at that scene and i'll tell you guys why when up until that point have you ever seen bond enter a vehicle of any kind and not immediately know what to do yeah i i was confused i was like is he He trying to to fly a plane he doesn't fly a helicopter drive every car on the planet motorcycles crane i don't know what to do because i'll play with the levers yeah, I wasn't sure if he was
2: like fucking around, like on purpose, or like like he like he made it seem like I don't know what I'm doing,
1: yeah. like that. Like maybe it was supposed to be he was playing it up for comedy, maybe, but I, I don't know. That's it did seem like it. he was a little confused about what to do. But like M says at the beginning, it's relieving to find an expert that you aren't an expert in. So I uh, got I got I got a, I got a
0: question of the part where he switches the tapes because he switches the tapes right, and then he puts the tape in Tiffany's uh you know bikini thing. And, yeah. and then, like, she, she comes out, and she's like, I switched uh, the tapes, like you told me to. He's, <laughs> like, it, he's like, you put she the original back into it. Back. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, but the bomb still hits their oil facility. How? Huh? Doesn't the, like, whatever missile hits the oil facility, like, it still blows up, correct?
1: Well, yeah, because he, like, smashes the joint up with the bathysphere.
0: Oh okay. Yeah. I I thought like somehow, some way like they somehow switched the missile there, or he put the tapes in again. I don't know. What missile? I, yeah. I, what are
1: you talking about with the missile?
0: I don't know. I remember some bomb happening or whatever. That's the
1: satellite. The satellite that like incinerates stuff from orbit.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I got. Oh my god, move.
1: that thing was funny too. <laughs>
2: They showed the scene in China where it's like let's turn it all red, and then that dude starts running into frame. Yeah, the guy runs like, into <gasps>
1: frame On it's like, whoa, well, settle down. Diamonds are forever.
0: <laughs> um, I,
1: I, I do also think it's funny that the America, the United States, like they find out that that satellite's up there and they've lost control of it, and they're like, ah, fuck it, nuke it, get the nukes ready. That's, that's, <laughs> that's what they go to. <laughs> I
2: thought it was Russia.
0: And I like that uh, Tiffany was kind of hard to get for John Connery as well. Um, she was kind of, you know, being an asshole. be like, oh, you know, uh, you can't get me. And then eventually he does get her, <laughs> which, by the way, uh, the other chick, uh, at the casino, what was her name? Plenty O'Toole? Is that her? Plenty
2: O'Toole.
1: Yeah, must have been named after your and father. Your father. <laughs>
0: but I, I love when the the henchman like. My
1: name's Plenty. Sure you are.
0: <laughs> they th- he throws her out of a window, and he's like, "Nice shot." He's like, "I didn't know a pool was down there."
1: I didn't know there was a pool down there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <was fucking> <laughs> but uh that that scene was pretty cool as well um uh, but um any final thoughts before we say recommend or not
2: um
1: uh, uh, no. I, I, I know there's there's probably more to say about this movie but i think we got the gist of it I, it's uh it definitely has its moments
0: mm-hmm i, I i'll say the last half uh kind of got a you know wacky doodle and all that stuff but there are some parts that i do recommend so i'll give it a recommendation
2: yeah sure if like i mean to me the rest of it the rest of the connery movies were good even like the kind of silly you only live twice Mm -hmm. yeah uh but like this was like eh, it's like eh, it's still good but it's like this was this was the end this felt like where where, where you you exit out on.
1: <laughs> it's good. It's good. Still recommend. Also, it has a really good theme. I like the theme to this movie. Time yeah.
0: forever. But uh. Okay, what is the next movie, Andy, that we're gonna see? It's the final Sean Connery movie, right?
1: Oh yeah, I kind of forgot about that. Uh, never say never again. Never. Never. And then, Maybe you can say never now because they tied up the rights to all these movies.
0: <laughs> so remember to watch that movie and then come back. And then we're also going to be ranking all the Sean Connery movies and then we'll be announcing what the next uh, ranking that we'll be doing. Uh, I know we already talked about it, but I'll, I'll save it for next week to announce it. Um, but yeah, never say never. And, uh, you know, come back here and we'll talk about it. All right, let's get to some, not news that matter to us, but I kind of want to bring up this topic. So I was listening to a podcast uh, talking about, like, debt stranding and stuff, and because it came out on PC two days ago, and they were just like, it looks beautiful, but the gameplay is just, you know, the gameplay. It's walking, you know, you stealth around these BTs, uh, you do some, you know, unique stuff, but it's not... It seems like Hideo Kojima, his open worlds is like one big tech demo. Um, I feel like his linear uh, games that he does make, like Metal Gear Solid, uh, <laughs> and then I think he produced it, that Castlevania game, like it was still linear, but it was still, you know, they had their bosses, they had their storyline. With Death Stranding, it's like, he, and Metal Gear Solid 5, he gets lost in these big worlds.
2: I got something to say about this. Okay. So this isn't the first time like I think I've ever talked about this subject with people, but um, I feel like Japanese game developers don't really understand how or why open world games are popular or successful.
1: No, and they all want to make one. Every Japanese game developer wants to either make Call of Duty, Grand Theft Auto, or both.
2: Yeah, and it's like every time they try to do an open world game, not not every single time, because there's been exceptions to this. Like the Yakuza games are good.
1: Oh yeah, they are.
2: But that that's what I was gonna say is like to me the only really good game that really to me it was it was the game that actually kind of created it was Shinmue. Shinmu Shen, is like it. You can kind of you can argue against it being open world. I think it is. It's just it has more of a narrow focus,
1: I think. It's as um, open world as the first couple of Yakuzas and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah.
0: But, but look how with Kojima compared uh I he started doing like the not Kodak things anymore. He started doing like the video logs or like uh stuff that you have to read as far as lore. Uh probably the cut down on time on like voice acting and stuff as well. But, like, the linear games, you're getting more of the story and, like, it being, it being fed to you. Uh, I feel yeah. like with the Peace Walker, I think, and Metal Gear Solid Five and Death Stranding, you have to go away from the main game and go into these logs to find out, like, you know, what this person is doing. And I, I feel like that hurts him a lot
1: have have you it guys is. ever heard the term uh, feature creep or yeah feature creep when when applied to game development no i don't think no. i have it's um it, it's a term like in the industry that they use uh it, it's um it's the best way to describe what happened to duke nukem forever and that is they had a game and they kept being like oh we should add a monster truck oh we should add uh, uh, remote controlled cars oh we should add um uh, hot babes we should add a new gun we should add uh you can interact with the pinball machine with the you could piss in the urinal you can draw on the the chalkboard that's that's feature creep because every time oh now you got to go back and program all the shit and it that's that system that you programmed has to play nice with all the other systems you need to design art assets you need to have all this new stuff oh uh we did that let's do that well okay we'll do that and then eventually uh feature creep has made it so that your game's not done because it has all these untied up bugs and loopholes oh we got to push the, the the date back but it's okay it's going to be even better now because we added all this shit okay but oh you know what else we could add we could add a boat we could add a helicopter we could add all this other stuff we could uh, make uh, duke's dick bigger oh yeah that takes more time we got to design art assets we gotta do all this other shit Kojima doesn't do feature creep. He does something which I've never heard said before. I think uh, he is victim to story creep. Like, it's always like, oh, but this can tie into that. Oh, I read this book about physics. Uh, it's kind of like this. Oh, um, this thing, uh, DARPA, was experimenting in the 80s with uh, 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 psychic warfare. Oh, that, that's tied in, too. That's going to be tied in, too. And Naomi's going to talk about this, and this other shit's going to happen, and, uh, oh, this character from that other game? Oh, I'm going to make a reference to Police knots here. Um, <laughs> just he keeps going and going and going. And now all these characters have to have, like, interpersonal relationships with all these other characters. You have to explain where they came from. He needs to write all these codec logs about the beach and about the afterlife and about the stranding and about the bullshit and all this other stuff. And it's just right, 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 right. And I think that's what's happening to him all the time. He's always, like, thinking of new ways. Oh this story would be even better if i did this and it's kind of like i I sympathize with him in a way like as like a dm in dungeons and dragons you kind of do that too you want you want oh this links into that that's clever look how clever i am oh it's jerking yourself off all over your notes but i think i think that's what's happening and i think that was um a big part of the problem obviously konami was problem numero uno but a big part of the problem with Metal gear Solid. Five is it didn't get finished and everyone knows. All you have to do is beat that game to immediately know, man, this game isn't done.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It was because he kept wanting to add more stuff. Oh, uh, Psycho Mantis, we got him involved. Oh, Liquid's here. Oh, we need to write all this other stuff. Oh, okay, uh, there's two locations now. Oh, he wanted to have a third location. We're supposed to go back to where you were in Ground Zeroes. You gotta write all that stuff. You gotta write all this stuff about the uh, Americans in, in Cuba or wherever it was. You gotta... Uh, all this extra story stuff and all this. Oh, quiet. Oh, she breathes through her skin. Okay. We're going to write her backstory and all this other stupid bullshit. And this helicopter. Oh, it's a philanthropist. Oh, yeah. it's actually based on old, um, the, the first man to walk upright. Oh, we're going to explain that for no fucking reason. I, I can Wikipedia stuff. Kojima, <laughs> you don't need to explain to me what the philanthropist is.
0: Well, that's the thing. Um, you know, you look at metal gear solid one and, and metal gear solid two, uh, you know, the ones on, on PlayStation. And you're just like, wow! Uh, you could tell the lore based off of the Kodak and what he written in those movie uh, movies, those games. And you're just like, I feel the lore from this. But like when you look at Metal Gear Solid Five, like you said, everything is getting added. Uh, you know, you have to explain this, you have to explain that, and then you have to go into these audio logs to find out that the the guy uh, Skullhead or whatever his fucking name was went to go see Major Zero and. You know, I would rather see that scene of him visiting Major Zero and, and killing Major Zero rather than hearing about it.
1: You don't have time to do that. Story creep.
0: Yeah. They'd, they'd
1: still be working on Metal Gear Solid V right now. <laughs> he suffers from both things. He
2: suffers from that. It's true, especially because I've learned more about um, his previous time at Konami, mm-hmm. how he used to have like co-writers that really worked for him yes. or, or with him. And one of those people stepped away after Metal Gear Solid Three, and I think it shows when you find out that information.
1: One hundred and ten percent, yes.
2: Um, that guy kind of reined him in a little bit. It seems like I don't I don't remember the guy's name, unfortunately, right now. But, um, also,
1: um, Konami, and this is due to Kojima's influence. They changed the way that they were localizing the games around that point too. Oh. They, they got rid of their entire localization staff, and uh, um, Kojima wanted to do as much of it like himself as he could. He like wanted to make sure stuff got translated his way. He wanted to make sure these story beats happened a certain way. But they had a really extremely competent team do Metal Gear Solid's 1, 2, and 3. Mm. So that's why parts of 4 are like, they just feel weird in Japanese in a way. yeah it feels weird in a way that like this American soldier wouldn't have been doing things specifically. That's fine. Snakes a weirdo. It's fine. It's, it's, it's fine. Mm-hmm. But yeah,
2: cap that off. Uh, it's just, I think there's like a fundamental misunderstanding of like open world games in Japan. They they don't, they don't really fully grasp. I think how to do them. And they, they instead they, it's like, it has all of the bad elements of open world games are, are highlighted they're
1: heightened. I, big, wide-open spaces where there's nothing to do.
2: Yeah.
0: And I, I, I truly think either Kojima needs to either go back to his old formula where he was doing good with Metal Gear Solid as far as linear, or at least make it uh, make it, their open world somewhat enjoyable to play. Because when I think of open worlds he's been doing and having all these audio logs and like different missions to do, I'm like, wow, this kind of feels like an MMO. Especially Death Stranding when you're just like, Bring a pizza to me, and I'm just like, oh, that's I could do something like that on WoW, where I'm just bringing this item to somebody.
1: Yeah, bring me it's, eight it's pit supposed, butts. It's supposed to offer like some humor and some levity to what is otherwise like a really heavy game. Yeah, but it just wastes too much of my time. Like I, I get it, I'm delivering a pizza, lol. That's funny, but it actually does take up a half hour of my goddamn time to, to schlep across this barren wasteland uh, yeah and i'm now gonna keep the pizza like level so i can't do a bunch of other stuff i can't get it wet yeah and good. that's a challenge but ugh, come on
0: and then you got to go through mules and then you have to go through bts um we'll talk about like a uh, death stranding when you you finally finish it um but my main gripe with that film oh, god i keep on saying film because he makes 40 <laughs> slips
2: slips as well
0: yeah but like the my main thing is like you know his Metal Gear Solid uh, games, they have different factions, and you felt like there's different bosses and stuff. With Dead Stranding, is just like very vanilla, very generic. It's like here's your BTs that are paranormal. Here's your mules that are just like I'm, I'm a pirate. I steal your shit. And then you know the main bad guy that I don't know how far you're in, so I won't spoil it. Uh, that they do like a boss, and I'm just like, oh, that's all I'm gonna get. I, I this is not Kojima in any way, and Metal Gear Solid Five kind of preludes what Death Stranding is going to be. He's more of, I have, have to have the open world and have to have that like uh, Last of Us kind of you know boss scenes. They're more scenes than actual bosses, if that makes any sense.
1: Do you guys think Metal Gear Solid Five is a bad game?
0: Game. Um- Gameplay is fine. Uh, it's very fun to play, but, like, the story is all shit, and I don't like the whole episodic bullshit. That's another thing Kojima needs to stop doing. Is stop making everything like an episode and credits and shit. It's stupid.
2: I uh, It's mixed. It's just like Metal Gear Solid 4 for me. Like, I always complained about how Metal Gear Solid 4 had way too many cutscenes. Uh and just stuff where you weren't able to play the game where you were able to play the great, the game, it was honestly great. But the problem was it stole control from you way too much to make you watch cutscenes that were anywhere from 20 minutes to an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's way too long for a game. And, uh, then it's like, he, he heard all that. And then he swung that that pendulum in the total opposite direction. And Instead, now there's no story in metal gear solid five almost it's all like just bullshit it's insular like auxiliary bullshit in audio entries you have to like fucking listen to that's
1: lame yeah there's there's only there's only a few big story beats in metal gear solid five the beginning um the stuff with the the focal parasite where you got to go in there and put down your dudes um the the middle of the game and the end of the game i guess it is yeah. kind of the way i would put it um contrary to that though like i really like metal gear solid 5 I th- um but it's almost solely from a gameplay perspective i think the game is just genuinely fun i really like just running around and capturing dudes i like the idea of the challenge of not killing them i want to tranquilize them and then capture them um the story like for what there was i did enjoy it and I feel like the whole game just like blueballed me though for like the big story beats that I'm used to from Metal Gear. Yeah, but I I tend to attribute that more to Konami than Kojima just because they cut the game so short. But again, probably that story creep thing I was talking about. He wanted to do a bunch of stuff, and then like no, put the game out.
0: Man. Yeah,
2: I, who knows really what actually happened? I don't think we'll ever really find out. So.
0: Maybe if we do like how they do the Snyder cut for the Justice League, maybe if we do the Kojima cut, Konami will listen. I <laughs> don't. I don't think so.
1: I mean, I still believe that what we got is his vision. Insofar as what they had made, he cobbled into a game. Because yeah. the the second half of it is just redoing the old missions. No, that's that's a that's a cop out. These were supposed to be all new missions that led up to a next big story beat. Besides the the stuff with the uh, um, liquid and and psychomantis stealing Sahelanthropus from mother base or yeah, and that's
0: how it ends it's just like so stupid it's like it's... hold on somebody b- eh? banging and aren- anybody knocking I don't no? know I don't know maybe that's outside never mind whatever <laughs> but Is uh a ghost maybe uh, but metal Gear solid um five upset me. Like, I was happy with the gameplay, and, and Metal Gear Solid 5 is really when you start to see where uh, Kojima is like, I like this music. I'm gonna put this music in here. And, like, you see every reference of, like, whatever Kojima likes in this game.
1: Yeah, it's, it's like, obnoxious, but I find it endearing. Like, I I feel like it's a child coming to me and telling me about his favorite music. It's, I don't know. I still like it. I... <laughs> Part of part of it is that the soundtrack, the music that he chose from *Elder Solid 5 is so genuinely shit I like. Yeah. So, uh, I le, I less so in *Death Stranding*, but *Death Stranding* did teach me. Like, I did learn a bunch of stuff that I ended up liking. I, I don't like it beginning to end, but well, I, I love Roar. They're okay. I like. It. All
0: right, I, is that is that the ending of Kojima talk? Until we, you know, get into *Death Stranding* talk later on
1: oh i'll never be done talking about kojima
0: never what do you by the way there's still um because by the way next thursday is the xbox thing uh where they're going to be showing off all their games and their first party games and we're going to get to see halo infinite which i'm pretty excited about um but they're also talking about not releasing info on the digital version of the xbox series that they're saving it for august because apparently sony is doing an august event as well because they're 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 doing this fucking hopscotch bullshit like this leapfrog where they're competing which i love competition but they should be releasing the info in july so that we could start pre-ordering and start you know saving up for the shit And they just keep on going, well, we're not going to give the prices and we're not going to tell you when it's coming out uh, because nobody's speaking up first. Which I believe that uh, Xbox is going to do first. Um, But anyway, uh, there are people speculating that Death Stranding 2 is going to be announced in August uh, or his new horror game or whatever. I I hope a new horror game rather yeah. than Death Stranding, too.
1: Make something new. Yeah. Yes. Don't don't get sucked into this stupid sequel hole that you did with Metal Gear. Make new shit.
0: Mm-hmm. And, st-
1: <laughs> and stop getting,
0: like, these high-paying actors, too. Like, just get good design, good voice actors. Get, like, Troy Baker and Nolan North again. You don't need to have, like, a Norman Reedus or, like, a Mads Mikkelsen and all that stuff.
1: they're best buddies. They hang out. They got Instagram photos together.
0: Yeah, but... I have a feeling Sony's like we're not going to pay these budgets, dude. Like, Dead Stranding kind of passed by on sales, and now they're you know getting more sales based off of PC. But I don't think Sony's going to be like, okay, we're just going to spend million dollars so you could have your friends be in the your game.
2: Does anybody actually know what the budget was for that game?
0: Probably a lot based off of Norman Reedus and The Walking Dead and Matt Smithson and Leia Sedu. Um and <laughs> the b- bionic woman, whatever her name is, I forgot her name. Uh, I
1: licensed all that music too.
0: Yeah, and I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens. Uh I just want to know the prices of the consoles and fucking when it's coming out so that I could start saving my money.
1: To my knowledge, due to the way that business is done in Japan, I don't think the details of this are available. However, something interesting to note is that when uh, when Sony scooped up Kojima, oh, you're going to make a game for us. You're going to be a second-party developer for us, bitch. They, there would have been a contract signed, and we don't know what that contract says. It could have been, uh, I get to make three games, I get to do whatever I want, and you're going to give me a badass budget for all three of them, or I walk. So it's possible we're going to see more of the same... Uh, Big old bullshit, but I don't, maybe he learned his lessons. Maybe maybe the next game is going to be more thrilling. Maybe he's going to use the talent a little bit more efficiently, mm-hmm. or maybe the contract just said you got to make games for us. Uh, the terms are all ours. We bought you a studio. Fuck you. Which <laughs> I I just wish he could make games for. I, I wish he could, I wish he had more control. I wish he wasn't under Sony. And this is just. This is just my own personal thing. But man, he would do so much fun and kooky bullshit with all the stuff on the Switch. It just, it'd be silly. I want to see it so bad.
0: <laughs> Which, by the way, Deadly Premonition 2 came out, and I, I have to play Deadly Premonition 1. So. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah.
1: Oh, God. <laughs> all right,
0: guys. I think we're going to end it here. Um, if you want to catch more Big Trouble Podcasts, make sure you go to, to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and search for Nerd Review Network. Um, you can catch all our episodes on twitch.tv slash joe 35. Andy, do you want to mention what we're going to be doing next um, Friday?
1: Yeah, we're going to shoot a new show. Um, the The rules The rules of the show will be... Revealed then. Yes, a show with rules. But um, come Friday, the 24th, we're going to record the episode zero of Accelerated Gamer. So stay tuned for that.
0: Yep. And uh, what about your streams? Uh, Where do you stream at?
1: I stream at twitch.tv slash the Cliche Mustache. I streamed there today. I usually stream about an hour of Snatcher every, every other day, every three days or so.
0: Sweet. Zach, what about you? Where do you stream? YouTube. Zork Streams. Do uh, you got any plans uh, in the future on what you're going to be streaming? Is it Snatcher?
2: Um, I don't think I'm going to stream Snatcher, actually. I think I'm just going to uh, capture it for my own use. Okay. Um, it's not really a game that's conducive to streaming, in my opinion.
1: Oh, yeah, it's super, like, I don't want to, like, dissuade people from coming to watch, but it's kind of boring to watch because i got to sit there and read. Hey, but the soundtrack kicks ass, so, you know, stop by for that. Yeah, play it yourself.
2: It's very easy to do. Uh, But, like, uh, I'll probably stream some Resident Evil stuff uh, soon-ish for uh, footage for us to use in our future projects and whatever. Sweet. Um, And just whatever other game I feel like was like, yeah, I can stream this, you know? There's no real rhyme or reason to it right now.
0: Yeah, and if you're wondering what I'm going to be streaming uh, on my channel uh, when we do release uh, our games for accelerated gamer i'll be streaming most of my games on there and just you know trying to get them points uh but remember it's next friday the 24th is when we're going to explain the rules and the games that we're going to be playing so uh until next time everybody um see you next week peace
1: thanks for listening Bye.